Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today, Louis D'Souza and Amy Blackford. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are. We're very happy you decided to join us today on uh, this American Independence Day, which is a day when I get to sit back and relax. Oh, <laughs> <such a nice laughs> change. <laughs> Isn't that what holidays are for, to relax? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we had an interesting time last week because all three of us lost Internet service, which is some kind of a record. I'm not sure exactly how that worked, other than law of attraction. Yeah, the law of attraction just said take a Monday off. Uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but what I got to tell you guys is we need to coordinate better. <laughs> if we're going to work together, let's do it in the right direction, okay? We have. We, we're on there now. <laughs> oh, all right. Guys. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> oh, that was really wild. And then Tuesday... I, I lost the day mainly because Louise and I said, okay, screw this. We're going to the beach. We can't handle this anymore. So, you know, two days off. It was good. It was good yeah. to have two days off. But uh, let's just say the emails came in. Where are you guys? Are you guys yeah. okay? <laughs> hey, man, that feels good. <laughs> no, it's all good. Everything is good. It's been quite the week for me because I'm still doing the Thai boot camp thing. And, and let me tell you guys, it's intense. Um, you really dig into uh, corners of your life that uh, you thought were long forgotten. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Here they are. You're digging in. <laughs> Do I like this? I think so. Grit my teeth. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I haven't talked to you guys in two weeks. How are you guys doing? I mean, how's everything over there in London now that you've got your sound and your internet back, Louis? Um. Weather has been great. We've had some great days. Um, kids are sorting themselves out at school. My little one won a prize uh, to have hot chocolate with the head teacher or principal or whatever you call it. Um, and she's very was very excited about that. And um, yeah, my daughter's being very creative with art, and um, everything's going very much the same as it usually does. Except everything of all my computer stuff has been dying on me and breaking. I've got a new keyboard, a new microphone, <laughs> new cable, new sound card, a new... <laughs> All about contrast, right, Louie? <laughs> uh, I just don't know why everything wants to die at the same time, but hey. <laughs> because you're such a master of the law of attraction. All the, all the components of the computer say, okay, line up, here we go. <laughs> I think Amazon's lining up to take my money. I don't know. <laughs> Different ways of looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of how we're going to look at things, we are now on warrior rule number seven from Amy's list of 500 million. I guess it's not that. (laughs) Like 87. 87. Okay. So seven out of 87. So, you know, we're maybe like uh, 8% of the way there. Okay. That's something. But uh, (laughs) you got to tell us about warrior rule number seven. What's that all about? Absolutely. Warrior rule number seven, the less time you waste on comparing yourself to others, the faster you'll get to the places you're wanting to go. Well, there goes most of my shows. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) With the creation of social media, it has never been easier to find yourself comparing where you are to where you see others. Who has the best relationship, vacation spots, who is the most physically fit, has the best and most fulfilling life. It's important to remember that most of us use social media to present our best selves. I've even heard this referred to as being fake. On the contrary, I don't see it that way at all. By all means, show me your art, your beauty, your insights, the things you are most proud of and your challenges. 
The real issue lies in each of our ability to celebrate the success of others and have compassion for their challenges while staying focused on our own. We can't get caught up in this never-ending comparison game. This type of insecurity is embedded from us in birth. We are taught not to simply learn and grow, but to be the best, to be number one, which by default means you must compete with your fellow warrior to win the race. But the fact is, life isn't a race. Doesn't it pass us by fast enough without adding extra momentum by trying to forge ahead at a rate so fast we don't even give ourselves time to enjoy the view? Stop comparing yourself. Stop looking at those on their path and allowing where they stand to somehow diminish where you are. It leads to a life of dissatisfaction, and that will keep you walking in circles and encountering detour after detour as you sabotage your path. The timing of this is excruciating. (laughs) (laughs) I say that because Louise and I took a walk today, and this is what we were talking about. Wow. Talk about law of attraction. We were talking about what happens when you take upon yourself to basically be responsible for others, because that's really what this is talking about. Yes. And it's a dead end. Well, it's more than a dead end. It's actually a catastrophic drop off the edge of the cliff end. And and how many of us fall for it? <laughs> like yes. not just occasionally, right? Right. Like like daily. It's, I it's catch myself in that moment of this is not my energy to take on. That's theirs. And the more energy I spend trying to figure other people out, whether it's through comparing or judgment or whatever it is in that moment, I'm not Mm -hmm. focusing on my own energy. And that is not conducive to moving forward in my own, on my own path clearly. I was exploring with, with Louise, why it is we do this. And I suspect that there are different reasons for different people. I know in my own case, this is part of what I've been unearthing in Thai bootcamp. Um, It was the latest thing that I unearthed from my own experience from my own background, so to speak. And that is I have a tendency to want to help people, which is a good thing. Nothing wrong with wanting to help people. But I realized that one of the main drivers behind it is that I have this deep down urge that says, well, if I help somebody else, maybe they'll help me because I don't know what the heck's going on. Right. Which really is not the purpose of helping somebody else. No. (laughs) But that's one that's like deeply rooted in me. So I was glad to unearth it because now I can, in the in the words of the entire boot camp, I can detune it. I can reduce the vibration of it and let it go and let it go away. But, oh, my God, that thing's been haunting me since I was three. That's wonderful that you recognize that. I labeled myself as a caretaker for a long time, and it was very toxic to my relationships. Mm-hmm. And it started from feeling the need to take care of my parents and blossomed from there where – Basically, I, I love giving, but deep down inside, I wanted something given back and then would become resentful mm. because of this. And I realized how many relationships I was sabotaging with this basically um, buried toxic belief, you know, that I need to give in order to receive back. And it's something I've been actively working on and mastering, and it's very liberating. So just that you had that inner insight is that's that's all it takes. Well, it's also a bit of a shock, to be honest. Yes, it is shocking. Because I didn't think I had that one. Right. I, I thought I'd left that one behind. 
Right. So when it came up, I said, oh, you're back. Well, yeah. hello. <laughs> There's still that seed that needs to be plucked out. <laughs> There's a reason why gardeners weed. The weeds keep coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing how these things pop up. So you got to get them out of the root, man. You, you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those suckers will just keep going if you don't pull that root out. Even then, I mean, poison ivy, forget that one. I mean, you got to get roots that go like 25 yards away in order to get some out. <laughs> But, you know, uh, the gum tree's um, roots can go two kilometers away. Two kilometers? Oh, God. I mean, the gardening job there, they must get paid good money. To do that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay. I, I, does it also grow like a weed? I, have to, I don't know. <laughs> no, not necessarily. It takes 30 years before you cut them down. Oh, know. good. Okay. Because otherwise, I could be like gardener in hell. But just imagine you've got a whole forest of these things and they're all gone two kilometers away. <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot of soil left at that point. Nope. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I know how that, how my garden's not going to grow. I mean, it's not going there. That's for sure. Oof. But Louie, I mean, I, I kind of imagine with all the work you've done, because you've told a lot of stories here on the show about all the things you've gone through, all the things you've learned, you've, the spiritual practices you've tried out and experimented with, um, your thing with uh, the, the essence of food, the essence of uh, water, the essence of air, the essence of breathing, the essence of thought. I mean, you've gone through all of these things and you keep unearthing stuff. And I know the answer to the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you unearthed it all yet? I love the question, Walt. I was asked it in the sauna the other day. This, this woman thought I knew everything, and she said to me, I've got to ask you one question. Do you know everything? I said to her, what I know is that much. What I don't know is infinite. I am as ignorant as I come, boy. I know nothing. Nada. What can I learn yeah. from you today? Please teach. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And it that's is. literally how how the best way to go about life is waking up every morning, seeing that wall in front of you, which you've seen every morning for the last 30 years, as brand new. Yes. As something you've never seen before, and you're so excited. Yes. <laughs> and that is a different state of place to be. It's uh, It's really fun because... You, you, you're just so excited about everything, the smallest detail. It's just like, wow. You've learned something new. I say, you know, wisdom is knowing, getting to the place where you don't know everything, and that that's exciting. Instead of it being like, I need more information, it's almost a, a letting go of that and knowing there's so many mysteries out there. I will never know them all, and I don't want to. That Where would the fun be in that? <laughs> Well, well you can never because because you can make more mysteries up along the way. There, There is a never-ending yes. amount of things. You can never get to the bottom of anything. Well, plus, I mean, how are you going to get the rest of your day done? <laughs> you, can, you can spend all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, still not get through all of it and not get anything else done. Right. Come on, Walt. Now is endless. <laughs> I'll remember that the next time I question the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now it's endless, thought... but, uh, but patience isn't always. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that recently, how much the now is always here. And mm. it's really quite strange. It is always here. It never goes. It's always here. <laughs> 
the endless now. It is. It's Even endless. when you're dead, it's still now. When you're yeah. born again, it's still now. If you don't born again, it's still now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, it's still now. <laughs> I, I think you're right about now being fascinating, endlessly fascinating, but there's also something else that's endlessly fascinating. That's the eternalness of vibration. I mean, we are eternal mm-hmm. beings. And, yes. And I'm still coming to terms with that. I'm still, you know, dealing with that fact and recognizing it and learning it and absorbing it. But the fact is, I'll never stop vibrating. Ever. No. That, that's, that's like, that's a long well, time. <laughs> the thing that Abram, the thing that Abram points out, which made so much sense to me is, uh, nothing is ever lost. So whatever mm-hmm. you've created vibration is never, right. ever, ever lost. Every single part of it is always stored endlessly. And that's why I don't go into the past much and dig up my old crap. I don't right. do it because it's always going to be there. It doesn't matter how much I dig it up, right? You know. But to move forward is all about looking at where you're going and how you focused and where you, you know, what new seeds you're going to plant so that the new stuff can grow. And I'm really focused on that at the moment. I'm really not digging up anything because I was, you know, I truly understand that Abrahamic statement: nothing ever is destroyed, nothing, and it's really interesting. There's there's also an interesting uh, tension in there, too, because on the one hand, I agree with you. It's much more profitable. It's much more valuable to not be looking back at the past. And yet, on the other hand, I just gained tremendous value by looking back at my past. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost like it's a a paradox. Absolutely, because what you're doing is you're playing with contrast. Yeah. So in your mind, you're taking the past to bring back what you don't want. So you get greater clarity in what you do want. And you can do that just by focusing more and more what you want, more and more what you want, more and more what you want, what, 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 what. Right. And uh, what you don't want is going to come across. It's going to come up in any case. You know, the garbage bins are going to fall in your way and you're going to trip. So you don't really have to go into the past. While you're moving forward to your new goals, you're going to trip over these new ones. So um, and the new ones are going to be indicative of the past ones. Yes. And that's where I think the value comes in. Seeds for the new. And basically at some point it, 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 it evolves in its own, grows in its own direction. Mm. So it's like the neural pathways in your brain. When you quit firing them off with a thought that you do not like from a past memory, you quit giving it energy. It eventually disintegrates it. It, it dies and a new neural pathway is created. And it's the, it's the same concept of what we're talking about here. So the less energy you feed it, the the less active it is. And yet the great advantage of noticing that there is a, a, a similarity between this new barrier you ran into and something old from the past is the reason why we want to look back at the past, to recognize right. it, to notice it. Say, oh, right. this, is, this is what I did when I was three. Oh, right. my God, it's still going on right here. Well, because... At that point, by you making sense of why this is still here, it can create a new pathway of understanding, appreciating why it happened and where it's leading you. Instead of, it's not, this happened to me and I have no idea how to get rid of it and dwelling in it. It's more, you know, it's a bouncing off point to understand and appreciate why this thing happened to take you to where you are now and then it can continue to grow from there or perhaps to put it in other terms it makes it a whole lot easier to let go of it yes when when i recognize that this is the same thing that i did when i was three it's like oh well i don't need that anymore right exactly and and now all of a sudden i just let go of it yeah and i'm not three anymore 
<laughs> I'm not three anymore. That's right. I may have the emotional age of a three-year-old, but no. <laughs> it's a funny thing, though, how all these things pop up in all the various ways that we live our lives. I mean, I'm doing this this Thai boot camp. Louis just keeps going with a thing that he's always been doing. Uh, Amy, you're you're doing it with uh, your warrior rules. We're all coming to the same conclusions. Yes. Completely different approaches. And there's a million different ones from there. Yeah. <laughs> That's many people as excited. many people as they are on this planet, there's a slightly different one. Like I had, um, I'm, I'm, uh, because of co- coronavirus issue, the mothers for my new daughter's first year at school class have never really mothers. Yeah, I, I, I'm an honorary mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife doesn't go to these things. I do. So. <laughs> um, we, we we managed to have one today, so we had tea and sitting in the garden and. Um, I kind of hinted because it is what I, where I'm, I, my belief structure is that I'm not for pretty much the whole antivirus vaccine, the way everything has been dealt with the whole trip. So one lady says, well, I'm completely in the other camp. I said, great. I turned to her immediately and I said, great. I'm so happy you're focused and clear about what you believe. And you know what the problem comes in is only when somebody tries to demand that their way is right and your way is wrong that's when war comes in and she got it and it completely diffused the situation completely job and uh you know we could both sit there and kind of say okay you're in that camp i'm in this one and it's okay for that absolutely and and it's so important to honor and respect the other person's position and opinion and all the rest of it and leave them safe there Yes. And and then they're not attacking. And, uh, you know, after that, we had a great chat about everything in a very amicable way. And, you know, it was brilliant. Yes. When you try and force your beliefs and insights on someone. Yep. You're basically telling them that you know more about their own journey than they do. And that's where the uh, defensiveness comes in, because you do not know that. And when you do not, you you cannot, you will never. Right. Even when my friends now come to me uh, with a challenge and we, the people that I'm surrounded with is a very loving group and we only come to each other with challenges to be listened to, to share. And I will give an insight listening to what they, they say, but I always preface it by saying, this is just my insight. I'm not saying that this is what, what is actually happening or what you should do. I don't ever tell my friends what to do when they come to me with a challenge and they don't do the same with me either. It's an exchange of compassion, ideas, insights, and then that can trigger them to go in whatever direction that feels intuitively best for them. I especially like the fact that the way you addressed it with her was in total appreciation of her viewpoint. It's not just Absolutely. that you didn't tear her down. It's actually yep. that you went to the point of appreciation and said, I think Absolutely. that's wonderful that you yeah. have that viewpoint. Yes, exactly. And that is so, so important. People need to know that their point of view is heard. Yes. And, you know, I could see from other steps of the conversation that she's a Black Lives Matters person. And I could have brought up the fact that, um, you know, are you Black Lives Matters? And she probably would have said yes. And even if she didn't, I would have laid into her because, you know, you need to know what you believe. You need to be clear about it. If you are Black Lives Matter, say I'm Black Lives Matter. Right. Um, and uh, you, you, there was an, another point, And 
you know, I said to her about this whole virus thing, I said, I can't be responsible for your health and you can't be responsible for mine. Right. It doesn't Ooh. work that way. Right. You can't. You can't. No, you can, but, but, but that's a I've, controversial I've, statement. So I think that's great. It, it, you know, I was just speaking to a doctor yesterday and he said, I can't be responsible for all my patients. I can't carry that weight on my shoulders. I right. can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I will sink. I will, I will die. It's and, you know, this, this is a good living. doctor friend of mine. And, uh, you know, we had uh, a whole day with him. And, uh, you know, he, he was explaining to me a lot more about the virus and how it all works and all the rest of it. And it was really interesting, really, really interesting. It's the lesson that Louise learned when she was in, as a, uh, working as a therapist because she used to believe her job was to help people stop being alcoholics and drug users and all that kind of stuff. And it drove her crazy until her supervisor mm. said, no, that's not your job. She says, well, what's my job? She says, your job is to give them the information. It's up to them what they do with it. Mm. And, Louise's reaction, and Louise's reaction was, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> relief and release. Step three. Big release. Big release. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can give feedback, insight, wisdom. It's up to the person, though, what they're going to do with that. That's right. Yeah. But it's the one trap that I think all of us have this tendency to fall into, except for the people we would. So some people would label, label as being, you know, extreme egotists and they're only for themselves and so forth. And they usually have their own issues with the same, same question. But for the most part, I think everybody wants to help other people. Yeah. That, that's like a, that's, that's a fairly common, fairly natural impulse. We want to be yes. helpful to somebody else. And it's a very fine line, but we really do need to learn where that line is. The line is you don't do it out of some sort of reciprocity. You don't right. do it. You don't do it out of some sense of a fair play. You do it out of a sense of appreciation. Absolutely. And that sense of appreciation is an entirely different vibration. You, you do it because you love doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Game over. That's no that, other reason. Yeah. No other reason. No other reason. I, I mm -hmm. enjoy talking about the stuff. That is it. Game over. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you don't like it. Do you like it? I don't <laughs> care. You know, it's not my problem. If you do like me or hate me or you do like what I say or don't like what I say, it's your problem. Yeah. You know, and both sides. It must be both sides. Absolutely. You become a really neutral. There's a, there's a place that you get to and you just... You just love it because it gives you so much freedom to express and say and see things as they actually are. Right. And, and, and it, is it actually neutral? Yeah. I mean, is it truly it, a neutral? It, it, it's not, I wouldn't call that a neutral. I would call that balance, perhaps. But neutral is almost like okay. you know, mid-range emotion. It's not mid-range at all. It's very high-range emotion. If those words work better for you, then that's okay, exactly well, the way no. you should look at it. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, that's well done, Walt. Yeah. <laughs> to me, um, neutral. You, in order to be neutral, you have to be balanced within yourself. So I'll pull these two together. Right. Cool. Neut okay. yeah. Neutrality means you are able to, no matter what is how people are reacting to what you say or do and what you're putting out, whether they love it or they hate it, that isn't, it does not define you. And that means right. you're at a, a place of balance that creates this neutrality, which really means you're not basing what you're saying and doing according to what you think others might think of it or how they will react to it. So it's really giving you that almost, um, higher perspective from the mountaintop, that aerial view of things and whatever you're seeing isn't, it's not impacting you um, 
it's not having a negative or a positive impact. It's just a neutral feeling. Coming back to the whole controversial uh, vaccine topic, um, I am very, very clear about how I would argue for the vaccine. And Mm -hmm. I've got no problem even arguing that side. And, and fighting for it. So, you know, which you've by got the way this... is what a good debater does. A good debater exactly. knows how to handle both sides of an argument. Both sides, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, my daughter, by her own volition, the older one, has actually joined the debate society during her lunch hour. No kidding. It's oh, like, wow. so cool. I love that. I'm so <laughs> proud. <laughs> I know you must be. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really know what she's getting herself into, but. <laughs> Are you sure about that? You are her father. She had some practice at home, yes. Yeah. Yeah, This is kind of like a flashback to when my dad used flashcards to teach me math, and all of a sudden I was like three years ahead of everybody else in school. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's cool. I'm glad that she's doing that. That's really good. And and it's a funny thing about debate, how a – the traditional method of debate, the traditional um, structure of a debate was never about who was right or who was wrong. Mm. The original structure was about what can we learn from this topic? Yes. Exactly. But yeah. looking at two sides of a coin, you get the full picture of the coin, mm. yes. which is again goes back to my statement to the lady. The big problem with one side or the other about the vaccine is when you say I'm right and you're wrong and you should do what I do because mm-hmm. the, I'm going to start enforcing a passport or this or that or the other right. or pushing or pulling you that when my liberties are taken away, when the freedom's taken away, soul jumps up and says, I want freedom again. Absolutely. No, my, soul my soul jumps up and says, it. My, my soul says, good luck with that because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> You can try all you want to shove your ideas down my throat, but guess what? I'll just spit them right up again. <laughs> I'll be like that recalcitrant uh, one-year-old who just won't take the food in. Forget it. It's not happening. <laughs> Damn these peas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but when you, when you get to that point, world where you don't care what anybody says, you're very clear about what you believe, and you're just heading that direction – all those things just fall away. It doesn't matter what they're saying. They bounce off an, an invisible shield that is effortless. It's a funny thing, too, how when we adopt that view, the one you just described, in in that space of life, I, like vaccine, the major vaccine issue, I know it's hot. I know everybody's talking about it. This is the first time I've even thought about it in weeks Despite the fact that, I mean, I know I, I can scan the news headlines every day and see there's always something in there about the vaccine, not enough people being vaccinated, blah, 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 blah. I just don't even give it any thought. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either way. It's not part of my life. It just isn't. And I think if most of the people who lived around me knew that they'd probably, probably be freaked out. But I don't tell them. <laughs> I don't want to freak them out. I just want to say, hey, I'm done with it. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. <laughs> you know, with these moms, one, one of them was saying, you know, I'm really with you. I agree with you. And I was like, okay, that's your problem. <laughs> 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 you know, it's it's okay for, for, for people to agree with me or not to agree with me. And I just let her 
wash over. Because yes. you just clear about what you believe and where you're going. That's it. It's simple. It's so simple. And the if people would just like, do that, allow other people to have their space, have their beliefs, yes. and just go their own way, everybody would be having such an amazing time on this planet. It, it's so true. Instead of just clashing with this is what I believe, this is, and I'm right, and you're wrong, and that's where all of the dissent amongst humans really comes from. And plus, it's fun and easy to learn, too. That's the best part. Yeah. This is not, this is not a difficult concept to learn. Um, and I, again, I'm going to go back to one of Louise's concepts coming out of her experience as a therapist when she was teaching uh, her clients how to avoid confrontational type behavior. And the way she would do it is, she, like most uh, therapists, she had couches in her room, right? That's where you sat down on the couch, right? And so she'd pick up one of the, the pillows off the couch and she'd toss it to her client and her client would just reflexively catch it. She said, okay, toss it back to me. So the client would toss it back. And then she says, okay. And she tosses it again. The client catches it. Okay, toss it to me again. Client would throw it again, but this time she let it fall to the floor. And she said, game over. <laughs> <laughs> and that teaches the lesson really carefully. It only becomes a problem if you keep engaging in the game. Game. Yep. Stop playing the game. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great analogy, Walt. I love it. Isn't it? It's really, really good. It's so simple. Mm. It's a very, very simple mm -hmm. way to learn it. All you got to do is just stop doing it. Because <laughs> what I've come to understand this game that a lot of people are playing is called emotional drama. Yes. Or psychological drama is the way the um, therapists would use the word. But, mm -hmm. you know, we start playing these drama in our head. If we took the drama, all that drama away, and we just saw things as they are, with all the illusions stripped off, all the ideas of what is or isn't, it just is a virus, and it's doing, it's trying to survive. That's it. It's what it's going on at the moment. Right. So here's a question for you guys, because I think you've touched on another interesting point. Why are humans, because we definitely are, why are we so fascinated by drama? I think because it brings up contrast. And yes. contrast is our teacher. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, do you watch, want to watch a movie or read a book that doesn't have drama? Well, and, yeah, it's all over the place. And we are endlessly fascinated by it. And that's right. why I bring that up. Is it, like Louis saying, it's the contrast of the challenge, what's going to happen, having some resolution, mm -hmm. the not knowing of what's going to happen. So I see that built in here as part of the experience and why humans are gravitated towards it. The difference is those that are more neutral or balanced don't allow, they see it as that and are allowed to, they allow themselves instead of getting caught in lower contrast feelings where they stay stuck in kind of like the sad ending to the movie, you know, where you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. They allow themselves to experience the full scope of the story, trusting that, the story is good and they're going to enjoy all aspects of it, even the parts that are quote unquote, not pleasant. So to what degree are we talking about attachment here? Cause I think that's really what this is all about. This whole question of, are we uh, getting so wrapped up in the, the drama that the drama becomes our life or do we gain that perspective? And I think the difference is, are we becoming attached to the drama or are we just I think simply some people sitting become back and They become addicted to it. It's an energy source. And so it's a, it's not a positive one. So you, even when there isn't a drama, you're making one up in your head with mental projections. And that is 
you're basically creating an energy source for your focus. And that is where it can be very depleting and lead to, and it, it, it's like an addiction. That's what I would call it. Yeah. I think an addiction, addiction is an attachment. Yeah. Literally, that's what addiction hmm. is. Right. But you can have an, go. you can have a brilliant attachment to your focus and desire of where you want to go positively. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So don't get the word attachment a bad name. Um, right. It is every subject's two subjects, wanted and unwanted. And, right. And, uh, you know, true attachment on, onto where you're going and will focus, which is another word, is, is of incredible value to you and just spend more time focusing on what you want or what you don't want. You know, and how do we tell which side of the fence we're on through attachment? If it feels good, you're attaching to something in a very good way that's leading you to places you want to go. If you're attached to something in your focus and it doesn't feel good, hmm, maybe I don't want to stay attached to that anymore. And the second way is? Your manifestation. Oh, wrong, right. <laughs> well, Abram always says there's two ways to know if you're heading in the right or wrong direction. Got One it. How you feel, and two is how, what you manifest. Yeah. Right. That's what you're driving at. Got it. Yes. The the attachment thing is an interesting point because you you mentioned that uh, the way I was describing it could be associated as being kind of a negative way of looking at, it. and that's true. A funny thing is, I wasn't thinking about it as a negative thing. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of addiction as a negative thing. Okay. <laughs> to, to, me, to me, addiction... kind of just, came across a little bit like that. So it probably did, fine. yeah, because I think we have certain associations with words such as mm. addiction. Addiction we normally associate with drugs and alcohol and you know too much sex or unhealthy sex or you know physical abuse or something along that line. I mean, there's, there's usually some sort of negative that humans attach to it. But the, if you also understand and appreciate appreciation, like we were talking about a moment ago, I can appreciate what the addict is doing. Yes. I, I may not choose what the addict is doing, but I can appreciate what the addict is doing. To and, me, addiction and, is just uh, humans are pleasure-seeking creatures, and addiction comes in when you are hyper-focused on one thing, whether it's sex, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, even your art. And then you let the rest of your life go out of balance, such as the person that becomes so, you know, creatively successful, but now they don't have time with their family and there's other things. Not eating correctly, et cetera. Not, right. Not eating correctly. Somebody that's so obsessed with the gym that they now don't have an external life and they're doing things to their body that are not natural and are actually hurting them. So addiction to me, it's uh, the lower end of the spectrum or the extreme side of something that gives you pleasure, but you don't, you're not, it's keeping you from a a balance, seeking pleasure in other areas. That's my, um, and yet from the point of view of the addict, I could see the addict arguing that the thing that he or she is addicted to is actually a high priority thing. Right. And I'll give an example of that. Um, I think it was our friend Joel Elston who posted something, the other day, I think he's the one who posted this. It was a comment about how there was a person he knew who was resisting the idea of going to the gym. Yes, I know it was Joel, because Joel's big on going to the gym. And the reason the guy was resistant to going to the gym was that he couldn't afford the gym membership because he had a $200 a day drug problem. Right. He was addicted to drugs and it was costing him $200 a day. And Joel was kind of wow, drawing, $200 drawing the, a day. Yeah, $1,400 a week on drug. Yeah. Hmm. So 
basically Joel was was pointing out that there was a sort of a, a funny imbalance, to use your word, Amy, going on there. That, that was almost humorous in a sense, but it was also sad at the same time right. that, that this guy was just so tied in with his addiction that he couldn't even see how he could justify right. paying for a gym membership. And yet there's also the part of me that says that person in his addiction that the rest of us don't necessarily like very much was finding tremendous value in that right. addiction. Tremendous Absolutely. to the point of $200 a day. That's how valuable it was to him. Right. Or her. I don't know if it was him, him or her, but I'll call it him for now. And that th this was really important. It was important to him to the, to the tune of $1,400 a week. Right. Know, some, what is that? About $5,600 a month? You know, mm. heck, that, that's many people's income. It's more than many people's income. Mm, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, we're talking about a serious investment in something that I wouldn't necessarily choose, but this person is definitely choosing. So can I appreciate that? Well, yeah, I can. Again, I wouldn't choose it, but I can, boy, I, I can almost admire that this person is so dedicated to trying to achieve whatever their goal is that they're trying to achieve right. with, the, with the drug, which is usually some form of, of masking or getting rid of pain in some way. Yes. But, um, that's kind of like a sort of a broad brush approach to it. But there's something like that going on. And it's that important to him. And you know what? I, I can appreciate that. I wouldn't choose the way he's doing it, but I can appreciate that. So it's all the way you look at it. Absolutely. I, I appreciate my many hours of gaming addiction. <laughs> I appreciate it madly. I appreciate my many hours of doing a, a the Elway Today podcast. I'm totally addicted. Yeah. I mean, and take away five days a week. I'd be, I'd be writing. I'd be bad shape. Oh my god. I, I love writing and um, have learned how to take breaks and to keep it more balanced. I uh, this is a little off topic, but it brings back the virus. I know I told you both that that was uh, in the background of the book, the pandemic. I'd written it five years before the outbreak. Mm -hmm. And I came to the conclusion, and it came from my heart, when I was thinking I needed to change it because of people's perception or, you know, is this going to sell? I was very resistant to changing it. And all of a sudden I realized I want to change this out of artistic integrity. I want to come up with something new and fresh that replaces this and has the greater message that is in my book, which is this connection to our planet and what is even happening so that it would bring out that message more clearly. Mm -hmm. And within two hours, me and my husband just started going back and forth and the idea took form and I've done the entire world building and I am so excited about this, not only for the message that it puts out and it really is cohesive with the story. It's more, it's just more engaging and exciting and different and unique. And so there's that artistic satisfaction. So I'm in the middle of outlining, I'm replacing that original concept with something that really suits the book and the, the entire message of it. Um, and, and following Abram's advice, which is, yes. you know, um, once you've written a book, start doing something else creative. Yes. And then the next thing creative and next thing creative and things, things will start falling into place. Yes. Um, yeah. One of the interesting things about the Taya boot camp is a similar concept to what Abraham Hicks teaches. Abraham teaches about the emotional guidance scale. Absolutely. Uh, about the 22 point scale or thereabouts. And, uh, the Taya boot camp approaches through a spiral, like a single helix. 
uh, a spiral that goes down or goes up, kind of um, relating to the idea that you're spiraling up when things are going well, you're spiraling down when things are going bad, and then labeling the various rings of that spiral with, spiral with the various kinds of emotional uh, labels that you want to apply to it. Um, so it's a different way of doing the same kind of thing. One of the things that I was noticing as I was thinking about the, the Taya approach today is I was recognizing that there's something about either the scale or the spiral that doesn't work for me. And there, there are a few different aspects of it. Let me touch on a couple of them. One of them on the Abraham Hicks scale, the second from the top, I believe, is passion. And I, I never felt comfortable with that label being in that position. I, I wasn't sure why. I think I understand why now. For me, passion is not necessarily an emotional state of a particular vibration. To me, it's a measure of the volume of emotion. Of the vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's a low vibration, it's either very soft or very loud. If it's a high vibration, it's very soft, very loud. The degree of loudness is the passion mm-hmm. of it. So... I don't quite buy so you could take you could there. take the um statement above or below that one and and just look at it as an amplification of it uh what do you mean I'm not following so let's say love is one of them i don't know what what's what's above clarity is one of them um at the very top yeah clarity top, yeah. love joy so, happiness yeah there's a few so you there. could just look at um at amplifying your clarity you could look at that one as an amplifier. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just the way, way I was thinking about how to, how to make it easier for you to see it. I just don't see uh, passion as a specific vibration. I see it mm-hmm. as potentially all over the place. For instance, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. I remember this as a conversation that came out last October or so on social media. Um, somebody was being cornered on, well, you know, what you're doing really isn't high vibration. Um, and, and the person was saying, yeah, but I'm passionate about it. And I thought mm. about that statement. I said, well, yes, she was very, very passionate about it. Now, was what she was focusing on high vibration? Well, no, what was she was focusing on was justice, which I don't really consider to be a particularly high vibration thing, but she did. Mm. And and that, I think, is where I started to realize passion contrast- doesn't a particular place. It, it's like it's wherever you are on the scale and how yeah, powerful it is Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Black Lives Matter is very important to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing with Black Lives Matter is you're now segregating things. You're breaking things down to black and white and colored and Indian, etc. So once you break things down, you become away from the source, from the oneness, from the holistic point of view. So all lives matter would be a better statement than black lives matter. Nothing wrong with black lives matter because black lives do matter, but white maps also, et cetera. But what I'm saying is as soon as you go down into the mire of segregation, it becomes very confusing and messy and and conflicting. Once you go up up into – Presenting that viewpoint actually is a great way to get an argument with somebody, particularly who's, who's strong within the BLM movement because they'll they'll argue that that is a low vibration statement and that's what going going to a one going to a source energy is a low claiming that it's disconnected from source energy oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) that's what's so interesting Yeah, yeah 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 okay um so every subject's two subjects. So if you're focused on what you want about that subject, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, no problem. But if you're focused on what you don't want about that subject, not interested. And I think that's really what all of humanity is trying to sort out. It's a very simple concept, but it's one we're still coming to terms with 
do I spend more of my time? Do I choose to spend more of my time focusing on stuff that I like, or do I choose to spend more of my time focusing on stuff that I don't like? And so far, it's the latter for a large, large majority large, of people. Large point of view. Yeah. So I, I went to, <clears throat> I've talked briefly about this before, but I don't think Amy's heard it. Um, I, I went to Speaker's Corner in London. Oh, you went back. No, no, I didn't. This was the previous one. Oh, that was previous. Oh, and, okay. And and I sat there and I landed up chatting to two English white guys who were really frustrated and angry and disappointed that London has turned non-white, non-English, mm. non-anything, you know, um, mm. and people are turning, pulling down statues, you know. And I said to mm. them, so you're focused on what you don't want. Now, what do you want? <laughs> oh, like United, you know, they, they, you, first of all, they didn't have no, any answer to me. Mm. And then slowly I started building them up and helping them uh, focus on a picture. And I said, if you create a movement focused on what you want and you come down here publishing it and promoting it, etc., I'll even join. <laughs> but if you're focused on what you don't want, I'm not going anywhere near your group. <laughs> mm. So I would like to join this conversation. Um, from my perspective, I see what is happening is it's a recalibration it's a balancing of energy and it is very chaotic and it's very polarizing and i agree with that but with black lives matter the to me it is a stand against the violence that has been happening in this country against black people Mm -hmm. and white people coming out to stand with them to say this isn't okay anymore We're not going to stand by and allow this to keep happening. And yes, it has become very polarized, just like everything else does. So for me, I see it as a necessary, I'm, my hope is to see a, a more united front where we all get to this place of, like you're saying, all of us matter. But when you're seeing a certain race being suppressed and Finally saying, hey, listen, I may not be living this, but I understand you and this isn't okay. So it's a unity happening, but also there's the polarized part where it's doing exactly the opposite. And where this is going to go, I am hoping and praying that at some point the entire human race understands we are all one. And that that may be some cliche saying, but I truly mean that. We're all from the same, you know, it, it, this, the color of our skin doesn't matter. But unfortunately, the world that we're in, the war and all of this anger against each other based on religion and differences in color and country, when will that, when will that actually come to an end? And I agree with you, more aggression, obviously, is not going to be the answer. So at what point does this this tide turn? It's an interesting question. I mean, if you if you want to bring up the conversation, we can go to South Africa. South Africa, Black Lives Matter doesn't exist. Right. Okay. They know Black Lives Matter. It doesn't it's not an issue. Why should we right. even talk about it? It doesn't exist. White lives don't matter much, but that's another story. <laughs> right. 
Okay, let, let, literally the, revol- the roles are completely reversed in South Africa. Every country right? Completely different. reversed. Okay? Absolutely. So, you know, you're looking at it from a very different perspective. You, you went on quite a bit about the, the injustices and all the rest of it, and that is fine. So you got 17 seconds to speak about that before you start amplifying. The universal law of attraction starts amplifying it. Right. Okay? You, you can't get away from that. It's a universal law. You spend too much time focusing on what you don't want on that subject. It's going to make it worse. Oh, absolutely. It's going to make it worse. So, you know, Black Lives Matter, if they came out and really pushed all the positive aspects and really focused on them, it would be fine. I'd really support them. I'd go over with them all the way. But they, they spend so much time on the other side that I can't really get involved. It just And that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Yes. Uh, but it's not that I don't appreciate it. I've been through the whole thing of being a white in South Africa, although I've got Indian blood in me and I've got every other blood in me and I've you know, I'm a Portuguese ancestry. My uh, ancestry's go in India, I've got Indian blood in me, I've got uh, Dutch blood in me, I've got French blood in me, um, Irish, English, um, you name it. You know, I'm married to an Austrian living in England, I've got English kids, whatever, you know, born in South Africa. Um, so, you know, who I am is just a mixture of everything. And, you know, once you start being a complete mixture, you don't really have specific focus on any one group or another because you are such a mixture of everything. So you're starting to say, well, you know, um, you could almost look like the indoctrination that I was brought up as a white South African would be leading in everything. And you could say that. This, this aspect is leading or that aspect is leading. Or you can just say, you know, I'm a holistic person. I'm here for the whole community and the whole world. I want to help people see the oneness of everything, the cohesion of everything, the similarities between all the different races, not their differences, etc. And let's move with that. Let's work as a oneness and a unity. And then you get to what Christ said. There will never be peace on this planet. And there will never be uniformity. There will Thanks. never be peace on this planet because you came down here to play with contrast. Right. Thank goodness. Yeah. Otherwise, this place is so, really boring. To to get rid of all this contrast is not the object either. No. To work out how you balance this whole <laughs> situation within yourself. That is where the sweet yeah, spot exactly lies. Is. That's exactly it. Yep. And, you know, it's going to be a long time before there are going to be some people during their lifetime here. They're never going to learn that. There are going to be some people who are going to learn it to a small degree. There are going to be a, a, a smaller population of us that are going to learn it to a large degree. And it's all good. Mm. It's all good. Everybody exactly. It, yeah. it, it, it's being able to see all sides of it and mm-hmm. keeping yourself in that balanced, neutral state so you can witness it and have your own thoughts and insights on it, but also allow others to have their thoughts and insights on it. And know at the end of the day, it is not your responsibility. You can only contribute back by uh how you are being and, and what you feel drawn to. So ultimately the question comes down to one thing. What am I going to choose to focus my attention to? And in that sense, become attached to. Absolutely. And, and, and then how long do I want to stay attached? Right. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Amazing. We just took a massive major global issue and reduced it down to this one little single thought. And there's a whole bunch of people who don't necessarily follow this, this program who are saying, oh, you guys are so full of crap, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, really interesting when I read that in the Bible, when, when Christ said there will be war on this planet till time immemorial. 
it was really like, ah, oh, it was a complete wake-up call. I, had, I hadn't seen that perspective. You know, I mean, it was many, many, many years that I saw this, but it was really an eye-opener for me. There were a lot of eye-openers. Mean. How does that work? And once you start to understand LOA, it all starts fitting together. Well, right. This this mm. planet is based on contrast. That's why we come here mm. to experience it. One of the interesting things that I discovered in my uh, uh, in my early Taya studies so far one of the first things they have you do is is um, you have a private meeting with the stream. So it's like having a private meeting with Abraham. And it, it, it's a weird thing. If, you're, if you've ever been in therapy or if you've ever been in a coaching situation, you're, you're familiar with the idea of the coach or the therapist trying to guide you to whatever the issues are that you, they want you to work on. What's interesting about doing that with a stream is that the stream asks you one question and you're there. Because they know exactly what the perfect question is to ask you to, to zero in on your particular thing. So you, you mm -hmm. come up with your, your top three transgressors in a matter of about 10 minutes. That's it, amazing. It's, it, well, it's, it's not only amazing, it's also jarring and because <laughs> you're not ready for that, you know? Right. But, but what also goes along with it is when you, when you have those things and you start diving into them and you start exploring them and you start doing what they call the tire process, which is just one variation on, on, all the kind of thing we've been talking about here. What you're really learning is about yourself. And as you're learning about yourself, you're learning, you're, you're focusing in intently to really understand what it is you like, what it is you don't like in ways that I didn't really do before I got into this thing. I mean, there have been times when I did, I think we all have, you know, we have particular points in time that we can point to and say, okay, I had a major learning that happened there. And, you know, for that particular moment in time, I was focused on X, whatever X was. But it's not something that I think many of us do as a regular thing. It's not something we do as a regular right. way of living. So to do it intently, like you do in a boot camp, it just, it, it, the experience itself is almost jarring because I'm finding myself very, very quickly, much more quickly than I usually do, wanting to shift my attention away from the stuff I don't like onto the stuff I do like. And what's particularly annoying about it is that right now I have to be looking because of the way the process works. I have to actually be looking at the stuff I don't like for a bit, which really makes me want to go focus my attention on the I, stuff that I do like. <laughs> which is great. That's exactly what contrast is. is there to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's quite educational to go through it when you do it with that much intention, with that much focus. No. Sorry, that's when Abram oh, brings sorry. in that step five, and, and you can get a great appreciation for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What step were you saying? Five, oh, I'm sorry, Louis, go ahead, finish up. Uh, step five, for those who don't know, is just, you know, the instant you get what you don't want, you manage to, to pivot into what you do want at that mm -hmm. same instant. Yes. And, and what were you saying, Amy? Go back to what you were saying. Well, I was asking, do you have a link for the Thai boot camp? I'd love to check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, is it on the LOA uh, today? Yeah, you can find links there. Um, probably Website? the best place to go, it, it, probably the pe best place to go is the streamofdavid.com because it's, that's David's business side is the Thai boot camp and you'll find links to it through the stream of David. Okay, got it. Yeah. So that's the best. Okay, great. But yeah, it's been quite the, the adventure. The, the, okay, got it. The, the com, And it's been very cool because, among other things, there are a number of LOA Today listeners who are currently in boot camp. Oh, so that's I've had the experience. Like, great. Like, we have weekly meetings. They're weekly kind of like 
group therapy meetings, although they don't call them that. They're boot camp meetings. And at the latest one, which was this past Thursday, I, you know how you have a Zoom screen where there's all these different little rectangles, little squares on yes. it, like, you know, Hollywood squares or something. And there was my picture at the top. And over on the right was a, an LOA Today lister. And over on the left was an LOA Today lister. And I'm thinking, this is so cool. That's really really doing cool. It, I'm doing it with some of my listeners. This is great. It was a wonderful Yeah, experience. that's wonderful. Really yeah, really, really cool. So any last things you want to tell us about uh, Warrior Rule number seven, though, before we adjourn? Oh, yeah, let's um, uh, let's give our listeners the, the challenge, the, the challenge okay. that goes with this one. Take right. time to celebrate other people's success. Feel it as if it were your own. Promote their art, music, comment on a photo, share in their joy. Once you've done this, pick one thing that really caught your attention, whether it was a recipe, a photo, a piece of art, and let it inspire something within you. That's good. I like that. Yeah. It's, so it's something it's just a practice to apply that, that, um, that insight. This is and one of my do, favorite. And then do it so for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you. I like that. Well, yes. You know, each one of these I wrote at a different time in my life with different perspectives. Well, so, this one in particular, I mean, I, they've, they've been good so far. They've all been yeah. good, but this one has resonated more than the others. I'm, I'm waiting to see what number eight is. I mean, because, you know, oh, you, well, let you me set the bar high, you know? Oh, okay, we get a little teaser. Right um, so our listeners know what is next. Let's see. Give me two seconds. One. okay more than two seconds all right okay (laughs) i gotta scroll here almost there okay so this would be warrior rule number eight keep your heart open hiding behind a shield weakens the spirit Okay, well, that's going to evince and uh, like evidence it. some very interesting conversation for next week, I'm sure. That's going to be really good. <laughs> Assuming that we all have internet service next week. <laughs> so let's try to focus very hard on having internet service instead of losing internet service. That's actually a that's better vibe for the do. show. Because <laughs> that, that's the only time that's ever happened. Exactly. <laughs> We're not going there again. Hmm, no. Else. <laughs> no, this has been great. Thank you guys very much. Really appreciate the, yeah, thanks, all the well, insights here. I mean, Thank you. Thank you for thanks for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm loving also the way that we're tying stuff together from different camps. We, we obviously spend a lot of time on Abraham because you guys are both into Abraham. I've been bringing in the Thai boot camp thing. And of course, we're doing Amy's Warrior Rules and we're pulling all these things together and yes. they all mesh. I'm love loving that. how they mesh. Me too. I'm really loving that so much. So, so thank you guys very much. By the way, we got a really cool guest coming tomorrow. If you wanted to check it out, her name is Shangela Pierce. She's an intuitive healer. So you want to tune in to learn more about not only what it's like to be an intuitive healer, but if you have any questions, use the Elevate Today app and send your questions in. And we'll be happy to ask her your question. So is, is it just going to be the two of you? Uh, Shelly Epperly is also going to be joining me. She's my Tuesday okay. co-host. So yeah, there's going to be three of us, but. Should be a really, really good show, one worth listening to. And I know for myself, I know Shelly also, we're both of us very much looking forward to it. Me too. I already clicked the reminder when I read the write-up that went with it. Excellent. Excellent. Love that. All right. Yeah, I might so, pop on too. All right. Um, because of Car- Carolyn May, she's in a, a medical intuitive. So Yeah, so there you go. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
Goodbye.